0: Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. For this week's episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. There's some great written content, insights and articles on the Evolve website with valuable insights from individuals and business leaders who work in a wide variety of sectors. From the very beginning, the aim of Evolve's written content was to be both informative and entertaining and to provide a good spread of topics so whatever mood you're in or whatever is piquing your interest, you'll find something interesting to read. Since our launch, we've generated a substantial library of such articles and insights, and I thought it was time to start looking through them and picking out the ones that got the greatest response, feedback, and that are perhaps the most pertinent of the times that we are living in. And so this won't be the only episode like this. The plan is to release these article insights regularly, and in future, this will be as a bonus episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Creating that sense of community and bringing like-minded individuals together is at the core of what Evolve is about. Which is why we not only love to see the comments on our articles, but also invite anyone to write for us, to share their story, their expertise and their point of view. We're always on the lookout for fresh voices and opinions, so please refer to our website to find out how you can become a contributor or email our content man, Oliver at Oliver.Roberts@evolve-members.com. For now though, let's get on and have a look at four recent articles that made me stop and think, caught my eye and provided me with an insight or a simple inspiration. The articles covered are wide and varied from four different authors and therefore I really believe will give you some insight too. So let's get on with the show. I thought we'd start with an article with a rather odd title, written by Chris Croft, who is one of the UK's leading business trainers. Chris was a great guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast, which we recorded and released in September. I think it's number one in our charts, where he spoke in his usual entertaining way about time management, delegation, and the foundations of happiness. In October, we posted his article entitled, How Pride, Stupidity, and Weakness." have made me successful. That's not an omission you see every day. Chris begins this article with the sentence, it's interesting how our weaknesses are also our strengths. A really interesting perspective and statement, Matt. And when you think about it, one we can probably all relate to. Very often it's those challenging times or the decisions we make in hindsight that were the wrong ones that teach us most about ourselves. And therefore, when we learn about our weaknesses, This in turn enhances our self-awareness. And it's that new level of self-awareness if we're open to it and that when properly reflected on and absorbed leads to greater personal growth. By looking back on our mistakes and learning from them, we're able to turn a prior weakness into a new strength. This idea is very much about adjusting one's perspective. By viewing mistakes and challenges and as an opportunity to become a better and more successful human being, You remove the negative power and turn them into positive actions. Chris writes that there are four things that have been key to his success. Number one, really excellent customer service. Number two, honesty. Three, accepting challenges that have forced him to learn and grow. And four, hard work. He says there's been no slacking in 20 years and I'm inclined to believe him. Having known him for most of that time. He then adds, Nothing very earth shattering, I know. I wish I could claim clever strategic planning and charisma or something, but it's not really been like that. Under customer service, Chris says his successful weakness here has been pride. If it's got my name on it, it has to be right, he says. Even sticking a stamp on an envelope has to be right, because if it's shoddy, it reflects on me. It's this sense of pride, of intense attention to detail that Chris believes his customers ultimately benefit from. With regard to his honesty being a worthy weakness, Chris notes that people appreciate authenticity and can often instinctively tell when someone is being genuine or not. If you listen to the podcast with Chris, you'll hear the authenticity shining through. He's very much his own man, comfortable with himself and his opinions and it makes him very easy to trust and engage with. He writes that it is also that honesty that led him to realise that what he is good at and what he wasn't so good at. It goes without saying, an honest assessment of your skills is especially important when running a team of people and leading a business. Accepting that there are things that you aren't as good at as someone else not only helps you employ and dedicate effectively, it also eases the burden of running your own business because you can relax knowing you've placed certain responsibilities in the hands of team members you trust to do the job better than you. Remember too that this honest assessment of your skills and putting your full trust in others to perform certain tasks is a great way of leading people because it shows them they're an important part of the organisation. I really do love this approach and it is one I do try to adopt but if I'm really honest with you, the listener, that control freak in me does kick in from time to time, finding it hard to delegate and therefore this was a timely reminder of how I should behave and perform. Chris's third beneficial weakness is throwing himself into challenges and then learning to adapt as he goes along. In the podcast and in the article, he cites two examples of this, saying yes to covering more and more subjects in his training courses and accepting an invitation to film a video course in LA, how showbiz. But despite having no experience of being in front of the camera, he said yes. Those videos are now on LinkedIn Learning, giving great exposure to his business, providing an additional revenue stream, and those extra subjects have enabled him to sell more courses. Actually, this theme was also one that Steve Witt, our guest on last week's podcast, The Dubs, when he recalls that he lives with an adage his dad taught him, which was to say yes to everything and then work it out later. The last weakness Chris writes about is simply working hard. Why is that a weakness, you might ask? Well, maybe it's because according to Chris, it takes a certain level of quote unquote stupidity to work hard every day and never say no to an opportunity. An attitude like this requires commitment and energy, then it can at times require superhuman levels of strength, as well as a dogged determination to deliver results on all those projects that you've agreed to take on. Working hard has been easy because I enjoy it, Chris writes. It doesn't really feel like work, which is more luck than dedication. I think this is something every entrepreneur and business leader can relate to. The next article also comes from a previous podcast guest, Paul Kincaid, is a former army commando and lieutenant colonel who has translated his experiences from the army, including leading elite teams through some of the unimaginable environments and scenarios, into his successful selfless leadership training program. Paul has some unique and powerful insights into the principles of leadership, and in his article entitled, Are Your Leaders Really Leading?, He starts off by commenting on how people are often promoted to leadership positions as a result of technical competence or time spent in the organisation. This, he says, is a potentially very dangerous situation. And I'm sure we've all seen it and can relate to it, where people are promoted to their point of incompetence and instead of being a valuable team member, they end up having to exit the organisation and everybody loses in that scenario. According to Paul, poor leadership can easily permeate through an organisation and it can lead to staff absence, mental health and issues of high staff turnover. And he writes that that's just for starters. He does note that organisations that don't properly invest in developing their leaders face problems such as poor decision making, difficulty identifying those with high potential and toxicity in the business that infuriates the leadership team and structure. Leadership is an endlessly fascinating subject. That classic question of whether leaders are born or made has many complex answers. Nature or nurture? Take your pick. It's my belief that some people are indeed born with natural leadership traits. However, I've also repeatedly seen people who are interested and have a passion for leadership, but perhaps don't have that natural skill for it be transformed into great leaders with proper guidance, development and training. There are also so many different leadership styles out there. Those that lead with forced and a loud voice, perhaps often seen on the sports field. While others are more open and perhaps a little less showy in the way they do things. And then there are those that sit somewhere in the middle of that. Each approach clearly has its own advantages and disadvantages. And what's interesting is that while you have these different leadership styles, each individual who is being led responds differently to those varying leadership styles. Some require solid direction and reassurance, while others are happy to take your directives but then be left alone to do their job and require little encouragement to keep going. Clearly, you've got to understand the personalities that you have in the business organisation you lead. So therefore I think an intelligent and well-rounded leader is able to recognise how each member of the team thinks and works and lead them accordingly as individuals while also maintaining their roles within the organisation. It's a difficult art and balancing act. But I believe if you can achieve this, you've hit a significant sweet spot in your development as a leader. Further on in his article, Paul notes that people who are led well tend to stay in an organisation for longer. They feel happier because they feel valued and invested in. This in turn leads to a stronger loyalty which results in the likelihood that they will go the extra mile for you when circumstances become more challenging. And God, haven't we had that in 2020. All of this results in a more harmonious and resilient workforce. Paul therefore argues that both the time and financial investment involved in training and developing leaders within your business are far outweighed by the return of staff that will stick by you through the good times and the bad. This attitude of openness is something I've strived to install at both Evolve and Inspire. Rather being seen as someone's boss, I prefer to be seen as someone that my team can work with. I want there to be that sense of togetherness, of team effort and spirit, of everyone having their important role to play In the success of the business and organisation. Now clearly this doesn't happen overnight though. It requires a concerted effort on your part as a leader to develop and I urge every business owner to constantly hone their leadership skills by reading more about the subject and there are some great books out there. Five of which I speak about in a video on the Evolve website at evolvemembers.com but critically the one relating to leadership that I think you should all read is a book called Turn the Ship Around by David Marquette. There are principles in that book, including the I intend to technique that transformed my leadership style and brought further success at Inspire and Involve. There are, of course, great podcasts out there about leadership too. And the aim of this podcast has been to get those important insights from the leaders and business owners I speak to. Paul, with his leadership experience in the army, has particularly impactful views. And if you haven't yet, I suggest you give that episode a listen and refer back to that article that he posted for us. I really do hope you're enjoying this slightly different episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast. And through the reviews of those two articles and the two articles that are to come, you take away some thoughts and notes and things that you might think about researching further or doing differently as a result of listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, and you're interested in finding out more about our insightful content articles, then please do go to evolvemembers.com. There, you can click on the Become a Supporter button. It's free to become a supporter and we'll send you a simple weekly update and newsletter of all of the new insightful articles, content, podcasts, forthcoming webinars and details so you can keep really informed of what's going on at Evolve. So please do support us by clicking that Become a Supporter button. Thank you. The third article I'd like to discuss with you today comes from Revolve's very own Oliver Roberts and is entitled, Stop Comparing Your Success to Others. Oliver starts the piece by noting that comparing ourselves to others starts from a really early age. Whether that's just the boy who's got a bigger, better toy car than you, or the girl with a prettier doll, we're already wanting what the person next to us has got instead of appreciating our own blessings. Well. They're moving into adolescence and adulthood. The comparisons tend to become more intense. I know they're more focused on social standing then rather than toys. Well, you'd hope so. The principles remain the same. We ask ourselves things like, how come that person got that promotion? or How can he afford such a big house? We might even think things about other people we wouldn't dare to reveal even to our loved ones. All this comparing results in several negative consequences, not the least of which are such things as low self-esteem, lack of motivation, and that green-eyed monster, envy. In addition to this, Oliver observes that because it's human nature to never be completely satisfied, this constant game of comparison will always be a losing one. He writes, Multi-millionaires would like to be billionaires. And billionaires are always going to be squabbling over that extra one or two billion that will make them the richest in the world. It will and doesn't ever end. So Oliver gives us four things to consider the next time you get lured into comparing yourself to someone else. The first is to count your blessings. Remind yourself where you've come from and where you've got to where you've got to. Acknowledge how fortunate you are to have a healthy body and mind a roof over your head, food in the fridge, and running water. We tend to take these everyday things for granted, not remembering that there are luxuries for millions of people in the world. Perhaps remember that simply having a job, a house, and a car, and a loving family is the ultimate dream of so many people less fortunate than you. The next thing is to make a habit of regularly reflecting on your life and your achievements. Think about the tests you've passed, the challenges and obstacles you've faced and overcome, the tremendous fortitude and resilience you've shown during times of adversity, and all the meaningful professional and personal success you've achieved. Remember that all of this has essentially been done on your own. This is in no way insignificant. And I read that and I reflected on my own personal journey and that of many of the business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs and founders I know And we are always striving to achieve the next goal, jump the next hurdle, when sometimes we should just stop, look over our shoulder and reflect. So it was a good learning point and reflection for me. If you've been able to identify your talents and continue to strive towards reaching your potential, as well as setting yourself challenges along the way, then you're already a success. As Oliver notes, you're actively pursuing your own meaning. As I mentioned, one of the more toxic side effects of comparing yourselves to others is envy. It leads to resentment, gossip, and a diminishing of your own self worth, as well as potential nastiness towards someone who has done nothing more than go after and achieve their own personal goals. The antidote to this is instead of resenting someone else's success, step back and admire it. Congratulate the person on their achievements and see what you can learn from them. Not only will you feel better and potentially have some new goals to work towards, by being gracious and encouraging, you'll more than likely forge new and inspiring relationships and broaden your network of people who are achieving the things you want to achieve. Lastly, Oliver writes about the importance of celebrating your own strengths. Instead of comparing the talents of someone else in a totally different field or profession to yours, look at what unique talents you bring to your own life and work. Those don't have to be what people consider to be professional talents. Maybe you're particularly witty or kind. Perhaps people are drawn to your charisma or your good nature. These are all qualities that can make yours and other people's lives that little bit better. There's no need to brag about these traits on Instagram, Oliver writes, but quietly acknowledging and understanding your abilities will put your own successes into perspective and inspire you to accomplish all you're capable of i think you'll agree this is an important message for us all so we're going to end this podcast today with a very last review of an article that i think nicely sums up much of what we've spoken about this is an item written by becky holston entitled don't let technology distract you from your purpose becky is a life coach and an emotional health expert who is a regular contributor to Evolve. Thank you, Becky. Whether it be through her articles, talks, videos, webinars, and even appearing on a couple of the Evolve to Succeed podcasts, she's overcome some incredible challenges in her own life and now uses that valuable wisdom to help others suffering from stress and anxiety or those seeking a greater purpose and perspective in life. The reason why I think this article is really pertinent so, a lot of what we've been talking about is it discusses the negative impacts of technology and that that technology can have on our lives. If we're not more mindful about how we use it and how much we use it, many of you, I'm sure, will have seen the recent Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. If you haven't, it's really good watching. And it's about those dire effects the social media is having on our lives and how the social media companies themselves have created products with the intention of keeping people constantly connected to their devices while rapidly losing touch with the real world. In this podcast, we've touched on subjects such as envy, low self-esteem, comparing yourselves to others, toxic leadership, and a lack of humility. From both the Netflix documentary and, importantly, from Becky's article, it's clear that social media and its overuse And the overuse of technology in general is a cause of these issues and many more. Now, I don't think there's going to be many of us, if we're really honest, if we stop and think and reflect can say that we've never been distracted or completely shut off from important conversations and family moments because we've had our eyes on our devices instead of being present in the moment. It's a terrible thing and there's no doubt that it's become somewhat endemic in the world. You only have to look outside on the corner of any street or down any high street or indeed in any bar or restaurant and look at the tables to see how most everyone is glued to their screens instead of interacting with each other and the world around them and enjoying that moment. Now, of course, technology is a great thing, too. It's made our lives so much easier, so much more convenient, and we're able to connect instantly with anyone, anywhere, at any time. However, as we all know, it's really easy just to get sucked into that vortex of status updates, likes and views, while ignoring things around you that are much, much, much more important in the real world. In her article, Becky comments on the social disconnect technology has created, citing the growing number of automated replies and digital assistants and chat box we've had to deal with, when sometimes what we really need is just that human interaction that human voice to talk to. It's a sad and worrying time when this has become the reality. Becky also talks about the long-term effects all this ease of technology is having on our own intelligence. Remember the days before Satnav when you navigated yourself along some country or back road using only a map, some road signs and your natural instincts? Remember the satisfaction that came from that Or about going into a simple library or bookstore to find the answers to questions you had instead of just punching some words into Google and looking at your partner and saying, should we ask Google? Google will know the answer to that. There's no doubt that for all of its benefits, we need to be cautious about how much we embrace technology and what we use it for. I recently had a fascinating podcast with Adam Greenwood of Greenwood Campbell about just this very thing he gave some profound insight into the future of things like artificial intelligence and machine learning and again the positive and negative consequences of these developments in tech ultimately and how it came down to us humans deciding how we're going to use it. It's really worth listening to that episode of the podcast I was blown away when he started talking about the echo chamber. Again, something that's reflected in that Netflix documentary that just means that social media so often is just reflecting back to us our own opinions, not the opinions of others. And he's going to change the world and society as we know it, if we're not careful. But back to Becky's article. She goes on to talk about the simple issue of rapport and how much more software developers try rapport is something that no computer is ever going to be able to replace. She writes, rapport is the most important feature of unconscious human interaction. It's a way of our body, mind and soul saying to one another, I see you and I respect you. In the presence of true rapport, anything is possible. This idea of rapport, Becky says, filters down into business. She warns us not by acknowledging our customers' core values and not building real human relationships with them. They'll likely go somewhere else and they'll feel truly valued at that place they get a human interaction. Have you thought about this and your business and the way in which you deliver your customer service? She concludes with this statement, There is an ever-growing graveyard of large companies that regularly underestimated the power of human rapport in the pursuit for bigger and better, or what they thought was better, I would add. They long forgot the purpose of their existence and the real value that they offered to help people. This indeed is a stark warning about the potentially negative effects of tech on your business. And it made me stop, think and reflect. I hope it does you too. So I really do hope you've enjoyed that slightly different episode. It did make you stop, think and reflect. And if there is anything you want to see us included in these shorter magazine style episodes of the Evolve to Succeed podcast, then please do let us know. Please give us your feedback on the podcast. It will be really appreciated. And if you are enjoying the podcast, then please do remember to help us by subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast for us. If you want access to further insightful content, events, and inspiration, then please do go to evolvemembers.com and register for free to get access to the Evolve community. You can also learn more about the one-to-one coaching services and also the peer networking groups run by Evolve. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, as I say. And if so, then I look forward to you joining me again next week. Take care.